The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hoopballers, welcome back to another episode of Today in Sports Betting. I'm your host, Ira Silver at Ira Silver Magic on Twitter. It is Friday afternoon, and I got my main man John Ryan with me. John Ryan Sports One on Twitter. John, what's up, man? How are you today? How happy Friday? Hey, happy Friday, you too, Ira. I'm doing great. Looking forward to the weekend. Um, just positively can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. We got uh, finally, you know, things have been slow this week. Just a little bit of baseball, no Thursday football in the NFL, just a couple college games to look at. So we'll have some stuff to talk about today on today's episode uh, regarding some uh, best bets and uh, some games we're looking at and diving in deeper regarding the uh, NCAA football lines and NFL. So that'll be fun. Maybe we'll give out a little teaser or two. Uh, we do have to get to uh, baseball because there are some games. There are two games today. Uh, before we get into that, I just want to remind everybody this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com with their new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 with their water resistant technology. Go over to Manscaped.com, type in the promo code HOOPBALL20, that's H O O P B A L L 20 at Manscaped.com, and you will get 20% off and free shipping. Once again, HOOPBALL20 is the promo code, 20% off free shipping. I love mine. Go pick one up today. John. Uh, let's kick it off with some baseball today. We got the Houston Astros winning the last two here, making the series a little interesting. We got Blake Snell on the mound for the Rays today, and Valdez on the mound, the lefty for the Astros. Lefty on lefty battle here today. Rays are minus one thirty-five. Astros plus one fifteen. Over under eight runs, uh, minus one ten to both sides. Uh, can you give us a little uh, insight into this game and maybe something you're looking at? Well, the one thing that stuck out. Uh, big after Tampa Bay went up 3-0 was it reminded me of the 2004 Red Sox and we all know what happened there unless you've never seen the movie Fever Pitch but I'm sure we, <laughs> we all have watched that and uh, there's four teams that have actually come back to win uh, the first game in other words they come back and win game four there's only one team that's come back and and won game four and five and Houston is now the second um, so there's limited data on, on that in terms of what's going to happen uh, that can give us any meaning. But Houston is not the 2004 Red Sox either. They, they don't have the pitching rotation that the Red Sox had in place uh, to pull off that uh, amazing comeback. And uh, Tampa Bay is a fundamentally sound team that just happened to lose two games uh, by the same score of 4-3. to three. So they haven't been blown out in them. And they did have chances to win last night. Um, I, I think the Astros season ends tonight. I would be on Tampa Bay. Um, I do have a couple of things here out of the database. So we have Tampa Bay's 25 and 7 uh, when playing against a marginal winning team uh, the last three seasons. And marginal means anywhere from 50 to 55%. And Houston is exactly 50% now in the season, having won the last two games to get there. Um, and it's interesting, too, that this is the most games in the last 20 years that Houston has played with a 500 record. 
So that reflects that they haven't been able to get those five and six, seven game win streaks going. And if they win two, they lose two. They win one, they lose two. They win two, lose one. So I think the fact that they won two and the way their season has gone this year is, is another reason that supports Tampa Bay to move on to the World Series. Yeah, I like Tampa Bay tonight as well. Minus 135 closeout game uh, with Snell on the mound here against the Astros. Next game on the board, I don't see any pitchers listed yet. Um, I got the Dodgers versus the Braves. Dodgers look like they're minus $2 around, uh, around the internet here. Braves plus 170, over under 9.5. Man, I took the Dodgers to come back and win the series plus 180 after uh, being down two games to nothing. They really blew it last night with Clayton Kershaw on the mound. Mr. October uh, turns into a pumpkin or something. Not really sure. Uh, did not pitch that great. And the Braves uh, route the Dodgers last night, take a 3-1 to one victory. Any indication that the Dodgers can come back and win this series? Uh, and do you have anything on tonight's game? Well, here you have a situation as compared to the last one with Houston. Is Dodgers are the – Best offensive team this year, scoring 5.8 runs per game. <clears throat> so they certainly have the, the offense to, to make the comeback and win three in a row. Um, you're right about Kershaw. It's amazing that uh, he's in the Hall of Fame for sure. But when he gets into October, for whatever reason, uh, things sometimes, or more times than not, don't work out. And last night was one of them. Um, I think it was the – sixth inning where they, they got to him and, and then it just came unglued. Uh, up to then, he had managed to work through some difficult situations, but they finally got to him in the sixth. So, you know, the Dodgers' bullpen is, is in great shape to win three games in a row, uh, but they have to get an excellent start from uh, Derek May, I think, is going tonight. And I saw, I guess, talk that Tomlinson was going for the Braves. Um, and that's why we're seeing a line of that's even higher than last night's game with Kershaw on the hill. Um, yeah, I see I that. I think Dustin, the Dodgers Dustin may will Dustin may will start for the Dodgers. No, no decision yet in Atlanta as of right now. That's right. It's, it's Dustin may not Derek. Um, the situation for the, the Dodgers is, you know, it's, it's dumb to even say it's a must win game. It's obviously a must win game. They're, they're lined as um, two-to-one favorites for the second game in a row. And in the playoffs, um, no team has ever lost back-to-back games installed as a minus 200 or more favorite. So that clearly uh, works in the favor of the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers are also on a, on a pretty decent system uh, that, has a, that does bet on favorites. Uh, you get a play against any team that's a good National League scoring team averaging five runs a game or more and going up against a team that has a good bullpen with an ERA of 350 or less. And we all know the Dodgers' pen is, is, is pretty good. And with the game taking place in October. So this might have been one that I mentioned the last time we were on the show or maybe it was um, on Tuesday's show uh, that, had, that was similar, that – it was the month of October, and it was a play against situation and had the similar parameters. Uh, so I, I hate laying big wood. I, I was on the Dodgers last night, and uh, you know, some, yeah, it didn't work out. It was a bad bet, and 
easy to say now that I shouldn't have made it. But tonight, you know, I can't take the run line either because this game could be a 4-3 final, and then you don't cover that either. Uh, so unless you're really willing to lay more than 2-1 to one on this game, it, it's probably a sit back and watch, or maybe you just do half a bet on the Dodgers. Yeah, or maybe Dodgers to win the series again. Who knows? Um, but that's kind of some angles to take a look at, maybe sprinkle a little bit on the alternative line at minus two and a half, like we've talked about before in the show. Uh, but anyways, I digress. Let's move on to some football because that is what the people want. Uh, let's maybe touch upon, you have any thoughts on t- either of tonight's game? We got SMU versus Tulane, SMU minus seven, or BYU minus four and a half at Houston. Any thoughts on those two games or you want to skip to Saturday? I actually have a pretty strong play on SMU tonight. Um, for the subscription service, it's actually a seven-star play. The top play I give out is 10, which are similar to game of the month or game of the year without the hype. And uh, SMU is a, a strong play here. And when I first looked at this game early in the week, I was surprised that SMU wasn't favored by 10 or 11. You have a ranked team going against a team that is 2-2 two and two and you know, has had periods of time where they really played poorly. Uh, they're still trying to find their way on offense with only five returning starters. And the six and a half kind of made me think that the bet would be on Tulane, but upon further review and running my models, and you know, thanks to the uh, smarts of the machine learning tools, uh, it's, it's definitely a strong play on SMU. So when I say a seven star, if you're a, a $50 a game better, that's exactly what you bet. Seven star is your normal game that you like a lot. And a 10 star is 30% more than a seven. So that would put a 10 star up around um, like 65 hour better or 70. So this game is a, is a seven and it has, uh, I'm sure it has a system here. You're going to play against uh, home teams that are scoring 35 or more points per game and are coming off a loss of 17 or more points. So this underscores what I said in the very beginning of my first couple of sentences with this game is the inconsistency of Tulane's offense. Um, I'm looking at their, bringing up their game log now, and they have scored 31, 24, and 27. So there's, the reason they're scoring more than 30 points is simply because they scored 66 at Southern Miss in their 66-24 win two weeks ago. So if you draw a line through that game, uh, they're, they're kind of an average offensive team against below-average opponents. SMU's ranked 17th in the country, and for good reason. Uh, so that disparity right there um, clearly makes SMU the preferred choice, in my opinion. All right, SMU by a touchdown. That is a bona fide play right there. I kind of like Houston tonight against this BYU team. Uh, BYU uh, didn't really look all that impressive last week to me against uh, UTSA, um, only winning by a touchdown. I know that it was a little bit not. It was not as close as as that final score indicates, but. BYU, you know, they really haven't had a test. Tonight they're going to be facing Houston with with a pretty high-octane offense there. And I like Houston plus the four and a half. Any thoughts for you on that game? I would be on that game too. There's been much uh, media attention drawn to Houston 
only playing their first and second game in the last two weeks. Uh, but I think they forget that on offense, they have 10 returning starters from last season, including the quarterback. Um, and that's just, a, that's a very positive thing that, that gave me no hesitation in, in backing them if they were a bet. Um, because they have all that experience behind them. They have the whole entire offensive line coming back. And that's a huge plus. So there's really no, you know, uh, warm-up period or a learning curve for this offense. And they were good last year. And you know, they go out of the gate 49-31 against those two-lane green waves. Uh, like they had played three games previous. Yeah, and it's also good. Right. Something to point out is that Houston, you know, even though they've played only a couple games or whatever, but they have a ton of tape on BYU. So whereas BYU doesn't have a ton of tape on them. That's quite true, yeah. So that's kind yeah. of why I like Houston tonight, uh, plus the four and a half. Uh, John, I know there was a uh, couple games you and I want to discuss on the NCAA Saturday football slate. I'll throw it. I'll throw it to you with this first game. I know you were on opposite sides here. I haven't bet it yet but I'm definitely leaning in that direction. And that is Kentucky catching six and a half on the road in Tennessee against the Volunteers. Volunteers minus six and a half here over under 45 and a half. You like the Volunteers here minus the six and a half. And, you know, while Tennessee had, uh, had spurts of brilliance, you know, in a couple of big plays last week against the Bulldogs, I was on Tennessee last week. Didn't work out for me so, uh, so much. They, they had that defensive touchdown with the missed snap in early in the game by Georgia. Uh, they had a couple uh, weird plays where they only had to throw the ball, you know, a couple big plays where got a couple touchdowns. And now we're looking at a Kentucky defense that, you know, pretty similar in their defense in terms of lockdown defense, you know, here like the Bulldogs. And they're going to go up against this Tennessee team where the quarterback is decent, but he definitely looked a little rattled last week against this Georgia Bulldogs defense. I think Kentucky's going to take some, some notes here from last week's game and bring some pressure against this quarterback. He seems a little unsure when he's up against pressure. And that's why I'm leaning Kentucky plus the six and a half. I know you're on the other side. Let us hear why. Well, the history has been dominated by the Volunteers. Uh, they've won 36 of the last 40 meetings with the Wildcats, going 29-10-1 against the spread. Um, at 74%. That goes all the way back to 1981. Uh, more recently, the Volunteers are 7-2 and two straight up, 8-0 and 1 push. The last nine meetings with the Wildcats. So that gives you a little history lesson. It doesn't really give you much betting intelligence, but let's continue on here. Um, I think the biggest news I saw actually occurred on Sunday less than 24 hours after that game was over, uh, the Volunteers had a team practice, and it was a scrimmage. And I can't pronounce his name right. It's Jared Guarantano. The quarterback. Um, yeah. He, he struggled, as you said, especially in the second half. Um, the game stats don't look that bad, 23 for 36 for 64%. 215 yards, uh, but what was below average was the yards per pass attempt at 5.97, so essentially six, and that's attributed to the Bulldogs' uh, strong defense. No question, they did have him rattled in the second half. So on Sunday, I read that 
the backup quarterback, Harrison Bailey, took all 50 snaps in that scrimmage. Now, um, the head coach came out on Monday's press conference and said that Guarantano is still his quarterback, still the team leader. Uh, but it does bring into light the, the fact that if Guarantano struggles again in this game, uh, that he may have a quick hook and Harrison Bailey comes in. Uh, and that, that's actually, I consider, not a negative necessarily uh, because now the team has practiced with both quarterbacks. So it could be a situation where both quarterbacks see action and Guartano gets 75% of the snaps and they let Bailey or Harrison Bailey come in on certain situations uh, to keep the defense off stride a bit. And Kentucky's defense was supposed to be a lot better uh, than what they've showed so far. And I, I think they, they have the potential to do that. And, uh, you know, I always say I, I can be totally wrong in this game. Uh, and liking the, the volunteers. And if I'm wrong, I think it's going to be that Kentucky defense that comes to life and uh, takes advantage of Guarantano if he's still rattled from the Georgia game. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, give, give me the Wildcats all day, plus the six and a half here in this matchup. Uh, I, don't like, I don't like what I've seen out of Gorin, Guarantano, however you pronounce his name. And I think Kentucky gets it right on defense. Uh, last week's meeting, I believe they only gave up two points. So, uh, <laughs> I'm good with Kentucky here in this matchup, and uh, I'm going to stick by it. I'm going to I'm going to lay down. I'm going to lay it down at plus six and a half. Hopefully, it gets to seven by the time I bet it and I get a full touchdown. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about one other game, so let's get to it. And uh, John's got some good data for you for us in this game, so it might surprise some of you, or it might not. And that is the Georgia Bulldogs plus four and a half against Alabama. Alabama minus four and a half here. Uh, we got Nick Saban testing positive for COVID. This line's come down. It opened, I believe, at six. It's down to four and a half now. John, give us your reasons why you like roll, why you like the Georgia Bulldogs this week. Well, it's, it seems like Alabama has regressed a bit here this year, and that's uh, you know they're still a very good team. Don't get me wrong. Uh, that defense has given up a ton of points and. Last week's uh, 48 points to Mississippi matched Saban's previous high uh, as the coach of Alabama. Yeah, moreover, he's, every week he's in, a, he's in a, a high-scoring affair, which is not typical of um, seasons past with, with Alabama. It's usually them scoring 50 and the opponent scoring 13. So with Georgia's defense being so impressive, and actually, statistically, if you saw my charts, Georgia is really the only formidable defense in the entire SEC right now. There's been no other season uh, that I've seen in the last 20 that defenses in the SEC have been giving up points at this kind of rate. And you and I have talked about this before. I think it's because there's no fans in the stands. The visiting team has no problem on third downs, changing the play, doing audibles, you know, even making false audible signals. Um, there's no home field advantage really other than the home field. So I, I'm, you know, in the NFL too, there's no limited fans, but the scoring is up. So this is the one time that I think that Georgia really does have a chance to go in there and win the game straight up. 
Uh, Coach Saban, as you said, is COVID-19. We all hope he's, he's going to do well with that. I was surprised to learn that they're going to play the game. They are. I, I heard the, the news, and it was right after I got done a, another show, and I had just put out a, an announcement that it was a 10-star play, which are the strongest ones I can get from the machine learning tools. And they, you know, they generally hit between the high 60s and low 70% in any given season over the last 10 years. And I always warn people, because uh, I don't want to blow smoke up, you know, anybody's, you know what, ever, that that also means that this thing can lose 30 to 35% of the time. And I'm not going to ever say to you or anybody else that, oh, man, this Georgia's a lock, they're going to win, and you don't have to watch the game. Because I, th- I think that's pretty foolish to do. Uh, but this is a team that uh, really showed last week being down 21 to 17 and then scoring 27 unanswered, and Tennessee couldn't do a thing. And maybe that is the quarterback's fault, but this defense statistically is by far the best one in the SEC. I'll agree that's with that. You need to... I'm sorry, go ahead. I said I agree with that for sure. And that's what you need to go into Tuscaloosa and come away with a win. If you try to go head-to-head with them, you know, uh, with haymaker after haymaker, you're, you're going to lose. So I did a little research on Saban, too, as a coach of Alabama. And believe it or not, as a home favorite of seven or less points, he is 0-5 against the spread and 0-5-1 and against the spread. I'm sorry. And then – uh, one in five straight up. So that, that really sticks out um, as support to bet the Bulldogs. The other thing is uh, we have a system here too, a set of parameters that lines up. Let's scroll down and find it here quick. All right, Georgia, this is a 72%er, 30 year system. Underdogs of three and a half to 10 points that are off a win of 10 or more to a conference rival and is now facing an opponent that is off a road game where both teams scored 30 or more points. So again, that's, that's pointing out Alabama being in that unbelievable game against Mississippi where obviously both teams scored more than 31 points. Uh, Georgia's a four point, four and a half point underdog right now and they're coming off a win of more than 10 points to a conference rival named Tennessee. So this is a pretty a rare one, but it's very strong. 73 plays over 30 years. So it's like two a year that this thing pops up. Um, and that's just another piece of the handicapping process that I go through that supports this play. So it's not just, we're not just making this play because of a, a betting system or because of saving we're making it because of the whole body of research that time and time again has supported Georgia in this, in this game. I love it. It's like a big soup and you have all these little ingredients and now we're making the soup and, and that soup's going to be delicious. And, and that supports the Georgia Bulldogs this week, plus the four and a half and maybe even an outright victory at plus plus one sixty. That should be interesting to see. There was one other game I wanted to talk about, and this is a game that I'm on. And that's South Carolina. I bet South Carolina plus three even. Um, Auburn, just not, in my opinion, just not that good. I don't know how, I don't know how, why they're getting, I don't know why they're laying points right now on the road. 
And I don't understand how um, they're even ranked, you know, and Bo Nix is horrible. Can you walk me through this? Do you have anything to say about this game? I'm on South Carolina. Well, I don't, I don't have a, um, a lean one way or the other, but I have a lot of uh, data on the game. Um, I think the problem with the Tigers uh, looking so bad is that they, they're kind of decimated with injuries. Um, I read an article out of the Auburn uh, local newspaper this week that said as uh, Bo Nix walked out to the center of the 50-yard line for the coin toss, he was the only one. Well, we, we know that COVID rules, you can only have one player out there. But even if it wasn't there, the four captains, he was the only one that was able to play. So he still would have been the only one out there. Uh, so of the four captains, uh, he, he played. And then the uh, running back, Sean, um, Sean Rivers, he's injured with a, a leg injury. And then their de- defensive tackle, who's so good, his name is Big Cat Bryant. He could be back in the lineup this week, which would be a huge plus against that run attack from uh, the Gamecocks. And uh, the Tigers' defensive leader, at least in my opinion, K.J. Britt, is still on the injury list, and he didn't uh, practice at all the entire week. Um, I think it, it almost is amazing that the Tigers played as well as they did, and it's because they're so deep in those uh, positions. And they have a true freshman named Tank Bigsby. Um, he's, he's the running back that took over for – for the, uh, the captain, and he had a, a great game. He, he runs downhill, and he is very physical. He gained 146 yards last, uh, last game, and he just destroys uh, anybody who tries to tackle him. He, he was very impressive. So I think they have all these you know, plug-and-play to hold up the dam from breaking, and I don't know if that excuses Bo Nix's performance, though. As you pointed out, I mean, he's been arguably worse than last year as a freshman. Yep. So that does make you very leery to take a, a road favorite here going into South Carolina. I'm on the Gamecocks. And you're on the Gamecocks. And that's, I can't talk you out of it. I can't say that uh, that's the wrong side, that's for sure. All right. Well, let's go. Uh, let's go, Gamecocks. The the USC of the East, as I like to call them. Go, go, uh, Gamecocks. Go Trojans. Uh, let's talk a little NFL real quick before we uh, get off here. Uh, got some interesting matchups. I'm uh, I'm having a tough time picking some games here. The line seems so uh, so ridiculously tight to me. There are a couple games that I do like. I'll throw it out to them right now. I'll throw it out to you right now. You can kind of agree, disagree. Give me some data. And then we'll jump to a couple games you like. Uh, first game that uh, piqued my interest here was San Francisco 49ers plus 3.5 at home against the Rams. I like the 49ers here in this game plus the 3.5. Look-ahead line was 6, I believe. I mean, sorry, the look-ahead line was San Francisco minus 3. It's now moved to plus 3.5. It's a huge swing. I don't think 49ers are as bad as everyone thinks after getting shellacked last week by the Dolphins. Um, and I don't think the Rams are that good. Uh, you know, I really don't. And I like this 49ers team to come back. Garoppolo looks healthy. He's practiced this week. 
Uh, I like the 49ers in this one to win the game. Uh, I will also be playing the plus three and a half for more units, but a little sprinkle on the money line there. Uh, I'll get your thoughts on that in a second. Just want to throw out the other two games that look interesting to me. And that's Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus one and a half at home against the Green Bay Packers. Listen, this Packers team is definitely, definitely lethal on offense. They have some good pieces that have been playing good on defense as well. But the Bucks here, I mean, this is like reverse line movement, movement if I've never seen it before. The Green Bay Packers have all, all the tickets. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Seems like the money's coming in, the sharp money's coming in on the Bucks with this reverse line movement here. I'm going to go with the Bucks plus the one and a half here on Sunday at home. And the, uh, the third game that I like is the Monday night game. And I know, every, I know there were some Sharpies that took the Cowboys here plus the three when it first came out, but I don't know about that. This, this defense has been hampered by injuries. Listen, Dalton is a capable quarterback. He's obviously had some moments of brilliance in the NFL, probably arguably the best backup quarterback in the league for the Cowboys. But I expect the Cardinals and Kyler Murray to roll on Monday night, and this is not even going to be a close one. I'm liking the Cardinals minus – I'm, I'm, I might just take them on the money line here, minus 120. It's cheap enough. I don't have to lay the minus one and a half here. Any thoughts about those three games before we jump to a couple that you like? I'd like uh, your call on the, the 49ers for sure. Uh, that's a game where I think uh, you're right. It reminds me of the game with the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And in my opinion, at least looking at that game too, you have to wonder if, uh, if the Steelers are as good as that record indicates. And the same thing with the Rams. Uh, the 49ers at two and three are almost a desperate team by definition now, and they can't afford to go to two and four. There's only so many games in the season, and the further you drop down below that 500, it makes it that much harder uh, to make it back to 500 and then hopefully get into the playoffs. So the, the pressure is really on the 49ers to come through. Uh, I guess Garoppolo is playing, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what I've heard. Yeah. So it, it is amazing line movement that they, that the, you know, the betting behavior has moved the line this much in favor of the road team. Well, you know, the Rams look good in the last couple of games, and the 49ers just lost at home to the Dolphins. They got killed that's by exactly the Dolphins. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the human, the human betting psyche from recency one week to the bias. Next. Yeah, recency bias. And that, um, that's why, you know, the years and years of study that I've had in this and then trading markets on uh, Wall Street all those years, it, it, it creates up situations where, you know, market tops are, are created when everybody's bullish and market bottoms are created when nobody wants to buy one share of stock. And we're all pretty smart human beings for the most part. You know, it's just amazing to me that when the herd is all on one side, a lot of times the opposite happens. So in this case... Clearly, everybody is on the Rams. The 49ers stink. Like you said, they lost to the Dolphins. My God. Yeah, how bad are they, right? Right. They it's just, Warren Buffett. I mean, Warren Buffett. Be greedy when people are fearful and fearful when people are greedy. So I'm going to go with I'm going to be greedy when people are fearful and lay the hammer down with the 49ers. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Any thoughts for you on the Pax Bucks game with this reverse line movement? Again, the, it's hard for me to even get my hands around the idea of uh, Tampa Bay being a home. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. It may, huge just makes no huge reverse line movement. Huge. Yeah. It's just, um, again, it's, it's, it's irrational human betting behavior. And the reason it's irrational is because all of the money that ended up on the Packers, this thing's running slow to pull it up. It's going to be like two more seconds here and I'll have it up. Let's see. So, yeah, the offensive stats, everybody knows Green Bay is, is number one in just about all of them. Uh, Dallas was right on their heels. With Prescott being out, that's probably – that gap is probably going to widen. Uh, but even the best teams in the, in the NFL have clunkers. And if there was ever going to be a clunker game here, it would be the, this one with the Packers. Having to be on the road, prime time, Tom Brady, you know – it doesn't matter who he has or what the name of the uh, says on the back of the jersey for his teammates over the years, and he just finds a way to get it done. I mean, there's no like debating that issue. Uh, Tampa Bay is is supported by a, a very strong system here of 74% winners over the last 35 years, so it's uh, 40 and 13 against the spread. You know, play on underdogs, including Pickham. They're often upset losses, a road favorite. Winning between 50 and 60% of their games on the season. I mean, that's about as simple a system as you can get. Upset loss, the road favorite, win percentage between 50 and 60%. And that's on the Bucks. 52% of these games have covered the spread by more than seven and a half points. Also, John, something to point out here with the Green Bay Packers. Yes, they're first in the NFC North. Yes. They have won every game, but, but they played a Vikings team in week one that had new personnel. They played a Lions team in week two without Kenny Galladay. They played a Saints team in week number three without Michael Thomas, and they played a Falcons team in week number four with no Julio Jones. I mean, how many breaks yep. do these guys get? It, well, obviously, they're, they're getting all of them right now, but, you know, like I say so many times, these breaks even out over the course of the season. And there, there are, of course, those years that are, you know, are magical and everything goes right, like the Eagles season in 2017. Uh, but I just I can't see this against uh, a team that's good and deep on both sides of the ball that the Bucks are. And nobody talks about the defense at Tampa Bay. But they're a pretty good darn unit. You know, it, it's no uh, smoke and mirrors with them. And they have been tested. And they have gone against teams that are completely healthy and some of the best teams in the league already, including the Saints. So I, I just uh, – sometimes when I'm too adamant like this, I, I make a mistake and, you know, and, and do get too uh, rambunctious with a, a team that I think is going to win outright as a home dog. But if there ever was a game – that I feel comfortable being like that, it's this one. 
love it. I love it, John. Uh, thanks for supporting my pick with your systems. I appreciate it. There's a couple games I know you want to talk about, so why don't you fire away on us? Uh, what are those two games, and what do you see in those? Uh, Eagles and Baltimore um, sticks out to me too, and and this is a contrarian play. Uh, and, and you know, if the Ravens win forty to three, everybody can you know I welcome the uh, the abuse on the on the Twitter feed. But uh, this is just one of those games that sticks out to me that the Eagles somehow will pull it out of the hat and uh, play well and cover the spread and maybe even take them down the wire. It, it makes no sense to be saying that right now, uh, given the Eagles' problems in the injury area, especially wide receiver. You know, for example, the Eagles have 12 players that are listed as questionable just for this game, 12. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey is still um, on that list, and he's limited. Uh, he was a limited participant in practices this week, including Wednesday. I didn't see what it was for yesterday. Um, but even if he plays, you have to wonder what his effectiveness is going to be. No, Deshaun and for Deshaun, Yeah, and Deshaun Jackson, the same thing. Avante Maddox, the same thing. Um, Jalen Rager, the rookie that I love, uh, that they drafted in the first round. He's – you know, got this thumb injury that apparently is much worse than originally thought. He's on the injured reserve now. So my thinking is that, okay, Alshon Jeffrey can play, but these guys that have come in to play that are coming off the practice squad can probably play at a higher level because they're not injured. Um, so if that's the case, then that's one of the reasons I like Wentz to finally have a good, a good game and – not make so many crazy mistakes that he's been making this year uh, with the with the ball. He's not taking care of the ball. He's had a lot of fumbles. Fortunately, a lot of those fumbles have been recovered by Eagles. Um, but like I said, if there was ever a game that uh, seems to be completely off the reservation, it would be this one. Um, and obviously, nobody. I don't think anybody is really pumped pumped up to take the field off the Eagles right now. Uh, but a lot of my math models are saying that this home dog could be a live one and it could give Baltimore a lot of trouble. Uh, it's backed by a system where you're going to play against road favorites that are outscoring their opponents by 10 or more points per game and are coming off a win of double digits. So I call this one the 10 and 10 system. So at the NFL level, to be outscoring your opponents by 10 or more points after the fourth week is pretty rare. That's a dominating team. Uh, at the college level, it's very common. You know, dominating the college level would be outscoring your opponents by 20 to 25 points per game. But in the NFL, this 10 and 10 is pretty good. You have uh, 69 plays over 10, 10 seasons, so you get about seven opportunities on average every year. Uh, 40% of these plays have covered the spread by seven and a half or more. Coincidentally, I think the line is seven and a half. So that brings to light the idea that if, uh, if, the, you know, if the Ravens don't play well in the first half and keep the Eagles around and they start believing that they can win the game, that's where you get the dangerous dog. I'm seeing eight so, now. Uh, that's one game eight. that I, I think kind of like here. I'm seeing the Eagles eight right now. Yeah, but – that makes sense to me because the public is going to bet Baltimore all the way up to game time. And uh, so what, you, what's your other game uh, that you're looking at here on the NFL slate? Uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Um, 
and I think Cleveland's going to win this game outright. I have never been a uh, a staunch supporter of uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, but I guess I'm starting to believe now. Uh, he did hurt himself in the, la- in the last series of the game last week. It looks like a sprained AC joint to me. Oh, well, I didn't, I didn't – was he able to practice this week? He's going to yeah. play. He's going to play, but you got to question how effective he's going to be. Listen, I would have been all on the Browns myself. I would have been all in on that. I bet them every single week so far in my contest and uh, with money and in teasers. But that injury, I mean, it looked pretty bad. I mean, look at him in the last uh, – go, go watch the game film, last five minutes of the game. He looked like he couldn't even throw the ball. It looked like it really hurt. I've had a bad AC joint myself playing basketball, a sprained one. That takes a while to recover. I mean, that, that AC joint injury is no joke. It's not something where you need, where you're going to get surgery or anything like that, but it takes a while for that thing to heal. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking this up because, um, you know, I have a, a Python scraper that pulls the injury reports and then highlights the starters. And I actually don't recall seeing it, so I wanted to make sure that that's working right, first of all. He definitely has a Q in front of his name in my fantasy league, in my season-long fantasy league, I'll tell you that. And there are reports that he will play, but you got to question how effective he's going to be. That's for sure. Uh, interesting enough, the line really hasn't um, moved on that, on that news either. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's an important uh, thing to know. As yeah, we you should go, you should go look to, at that. Uh, you should definitely go look at that because he got, I believe it was a sack, and um, he's saying it's his ribs. But I've looked at, you know, some doctors uh, on Twitter, some football doctors. I believe uh, Chow is his name. Um, he he said it looks like an AC joint injury to him with the way his arm was hanging down. So while he was trying to get it back in, uh, yeah, Doctor David Chow at Pro Football Doc. Uh, you can go look it up there. He uh, has an analysis on pretty much every injury in the around the NFL, and he definitely talks about Baker Mayfield's injury as well. So you got to think there's going to be some issues here um, for the Browns. That's kind of why I laid off this game, even though I kind of wanted to play the Browns. It's really uh, something where I'm not comfortable playing them if he's hurt. And so just to quote Dr. Uh, Dr. Chow, he says, the, uh, the Browns quarterback has a reported rib injury, but I continue to believe he has an AC joint component to the injury. He said he avoided more serious shoulder injury by rolling some as he hit the ground. I pointed out that a QB with a rib injury doesn't let his shoulder hang the way he did. During my regular serious XM appearance, former NFL QB Jim Miller added that QBs with rib injuries don't shake their arm like Baker did but they do for a shoulder sprain. In any case, the Browns play division rival. I do expect him to play. I don't see Mayfield missing it. He may need an injection of some sort. I expect him to be listed as questionable, but a full go. Listen, I've had, like I said, I've had that AC joint injury. That is really painful. Uh, hard to shoot a basketball, and you got to imagine it's going to be hard to throw a football with that. I mean, you could see it in the last few minutes of the game. He's shaking his arm the whole time. I just pulled the video up and, and just saw it while you were talking there. That's, that's great information. That's what makes this dialogue so uh, useful for me and hopefully the listeners too, that, you know, I'm, I'm looking at injury reports and you have this excellent resource. And well, I, also, I, also, I completely also, missed. 
I was also watching the game. So uh, I had money on the game last week, a lot of it uh, with the Browns. So uh, when he got hit, I was like, oh, no. You know, and it just didn't look good. So why don't why don't we uh, why don't we pass on that game for right now? I know you you like the Browns, but I think you gotta maybe look at that a little bit closer. I did have one other question for you, and maybe you huh. can help me out here. And I'm trying to find five picks for my super contest. So you know, one game I'm I'm looking at is the Bengals Colts game, and I kind of like me a little Bengals this week. Can you talk me yeah. into it or out it? Can you talk me into I, it or out of it? We're drinking out of the same whiskey jar, that's for sure, on this one. Um, I, I think Cincinnati wins the game. I don't understand why uh, this line is where it's at. Again, it, you know, it's a reflection of uh, the casinos trying to get a line that's going to have equal action on both sides. But it does reflect the sentiment that the betting public has for each team. And that's the most important takeaway of the – the whole line analysis. So it's Cincinnati here, uh, 50, it's a little bit higher than half is going to the Bengals, uh, but 78% of the money. I'm seeing 81% of the money on Cincinnati. Yeah, that's even, that's even higher than what I have. So that's in the same ballpark. Um, yeah, I, you know, the, Colts defense was advertised as being uh, a juggernaut, you know, up there with uh, the other traditional defensive teams of the NFL. But I, I truly have not seen it yet. Uh, let me just pull up the, uh, the initial projections for this game and see what we get here. So I think the pivot, I call them pivot points. In the NFL, uh, it's generally 24 points scored. A team scores more than 24. It usually results in a, in a favorable straight up and ATS win more times than not. And conversely, under uh, is the opposite. In college football, it's, it's 28 points. So let's see here. We have uh, Cincinnati and the Colts. And I'll let you get to your system in one second. But, I mean, you got to think that the Bengals are going to bounce back here. I mean, they played a really, really rough game against the, the Ravens where Burrow did not look good at all. But I really think this Colts team isn't as elite as the Ravens' defense is. I mean, listen, they're good, but Bur- that type of defense, I think Burrow can really handle. Like, they're not like super getting tons of pressure on the quarterback in terms of sacks and things like that. Especially, I mean, at least that's what I saw last week against the Browns. Um, I think Burrow's going to be able to roll out of the pocket, make some throws on the run, and I think the Bengals definitely, like you said, have a chance to win this game. I don't really understand why this line is so big other than the fact they're trying to get 50, 50 action on the game. Yeah. And I have a uh, system that underscores what you just said, you know, the bounce back factor that we think Burrow and the Bengals will come back from the, the loss. And you know, this is another game. Uh, I probably use this phrase too much, but drawing a line through it. Uh, we all know he's a rookie. This is the first time he's faced uh, the division leader in the AFC North division, which is a big deal. Um, not surprised that it didn't go so well for him, and rarely does it ever for a rookie quarterback. We, we all know the Belichick record when he goes against rookie quarterbacks. It's, it's amazing um, how bad the rookie quarterbacks perform. So I, you know, I, give that a, I give him a pass on that one. And this system is, uh, is 85 and 40, 
85-45 in two pushes last 35 years. That comes out to 67%. And uh, you're playing against favorites of three and a half to 10 points after they allowed 30 or more points in the last game. And they're going up against an opponent that trailed by at least 14 points at the half. So that's the bounce back. You, know, you, you basically have both teams bouncing back. Indianapolis was, was in uh, that high-scoring affair last week. And offense will come back down to earth, revert back to the mean. And the same thing with the Bengals bouncing back from a, a below-average performance and playing closer to what their average performance measures are. And when you have that happen, uh, it ends up – this game should be very close throughout. And then uh, maybe a last-second field goal by the Bengals wins it. I agree with you. I couldn't agree more. I like the Bengals' balance back spot here for sure. I think their defense is pretty solid too. I mean, they only let Baltimore score, you know, what, 28 points or something like that? can't remember exactly. Yeah, it's that. all relative with them. You know, they didn't give up 50. Right. So I think they can – and then listen, Phillip Rivers leading the Colts, I don't trust that guy. He can throw a pick to anybody. I could, I could catch a pick from that guy before, you know, 12 yards down the field. Um, so yeah, I, I like the Bengals here in this spot. And I know you, you liked one more game you want to talk about. Yeah, sure. Um, get the card up here again. Um, the Denver, uh, New England game. Which may or may not be played. We still don't know. Yeah. So this, this, let's not do that one. Cause I'm, that one I'm holding off on as well to release to the, uh, subscribers, but, um, do you like the – you can just answer this in a simple answer, yes or no. Do you like my Cardinals pick against the Cowboys? I know Sharp, uh, Money, was, Sharp Money was on the Cowboys kind of, early. This, this is a real head-scratcher for me because uh, you mentioned Andy Dalton, and I agree he is definitely the best backup quarterback in the NFL that's not named uh, Foles, who now is a starter, so that makes Dalton uh, by default the best one. Uh, but, but seriously, I, I can't back Dallas. So I, I do like that side with the Arizona Cardinals and a, a young, swift, elite, quickness uh, quarterback in Murray. He's going to put up 40 points against these guys. I mean, they're horrible on defense. And they were supposed to be studs. That's, that's the question. And sometimes I get thinking that, well, maybe they'll get their act together now that they don't have Prescott and they can't rely on him scoring 42 points to win 42-41. I don't know what changes on their defense. Uh, they have um, – the middle linebacker is, is back this week, though, I think. Vanderesh? Uh, yeah. That's fine. They're still garbage. Right. One guy does not make uh, a difference. No. Not at the like, NFL level. No, I like the Cardinals. Minus 120 to win the game. And that's one of my super contest plays. I played it at minus two in the super contest. Now, it, the um, contest, is that the Westgate? Yeah, so I'm in two. I'm in the, the Westgate super contest, and I'm in the Circa Millions contest as well. How are you doing in the Westgate, if you don't mind me asking you on the air? Uh, no, I don't mind at all. I am, I believe, in Westgate. One of the contests, I'm 15 and 10, and one of the contests, I am 15, 9, and 1. So I think Westgate, I'm 15, 9, and 1, and the Millions, I'm 15 and 10. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. You're you're in good good shape there. I I usually uh, do this, but because of the COVID, um, it became a really uncertain situation uh, being 
Well, you're you're not in Vegas either. I'm not in Vegas. I'm in, outside of Philly. Uh, but with the um, getting the picks in uh, using the, the services, it, it became too uncertain whether that was going to actually happen. Yeah, so I, I actually this year, say that. What do you say? Usually, there's usually like 3,400 entries, or there was last year. I think this year is 1,200. Um, and the reason I know that I was, I have the last 10 contests. I've, I have every single pick made by every single contestant. And I actually use that now massive database as a, another area for consensus and sentiment analysis. So simply I'll pull in uh, the results from last week and sort it by teams or entries that went five and zero oh to the number, and also zero oh and five. So the five and O's, I then um, tabulate what their favorite team is that they bet on for this week. So whatever that favorite team is, if it's more than seventy five percent of the picks made on that game for the group that went five and zero, oh, becomes a contrarian play going against them. As you know yourself in the contest, it's very hard to go five and zero and five and zero, and usually it's five and zero and two and three or one and four, and that's just you know it's just betting on NFL football. But in having such a large sample size, has really given me some some great insight on Sunday mornings when I when I pull that data together from the Westgate. So uh, I think it's great that you're in the contest. We should talk about that uh, every week to see how you're doing if you want. Absolutely, I went four and one in both uh, the both super and the circa millions last week. So if I maybe put together a five and O record, I'll be a, making some moves about, a, a, you know, less like moving day in golf, right? Maybe I'll move up a little bit, but yeah, no, I'm, I think I'm like top 300 in circa at a 3,200 or 3,300. And I think I'm like four or 500 in super contest. Out of, I, no, I think there's more than 1200 entries, but I could be wrong, but I think I'm in obviously in the top 30% in both. So we'll see. Yeah, that's 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 in good shape to make a run at cashing for sure. So you, yes, have, you have how many? You have three picks identified now for the contest. Yeah, I uh, have the Cardinals is one, 49ers two, Tampa Bay is three, Bengals is four, and my fifth pick is either between the Washington Football Team or the Detroit Lions. Listeners to know that he has to pick these games based on a line that's released on Monday. It's released Wednesday. So Wednesday. It's released Wednesdays? And, okay. they're sta- and they're static. They don't move. Right. So my question to you is, is there uh, any interest in the Tampa Bay, uh, the reverse line movements? Which ones were they? Uh, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, and yep. uh, San Fran and the Rams. So mm-hmm. the Wednesday line for the – it probably showed the 49 are still favored, maybe? No, so, uh, no, the, the, um, the line came out, Rams minus three, minus three, or minus three and a half. So that line, when that came out on Sunday, that's the line that they use in the contest. They use three. So San Francisco plus three is the line I chose, is the line I had to okay. play in the contest. But the contest in, the contest with the Green Bay Packers-Bucks game is pick them. 
So I had to, I had to take Tampa Bay, pick them. Uh, I'm not getting plus one and a half in the contest, which the line is currently at. Okay. I was just thinking like, uh, you know, so the listeners can understand too, that sometimes you get an influx of um, entries all over one team and it's because of the line movement or somebody gets hurt. Correct. And the line, you, like you said bit. the line is static. It doesn't change. Right. And you have a little bit more flexibility this year because picks aren't due until tomorrow, until Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern or 3 p.m. Eastern. So there's a little bit more wiggle room with COVID and injuries and things like that. But I think I've already submitted all five. I think I used the, the for my fifth pick, I used the uh, Lions in one and the football team in the other because one contest had the Lions at minus three and the other one had minus three and a half. And in the other contest, and in the other game, the football team, one contest had football team plus two and a half, and one had plus three. So I played the plus three in one contest, and then I played the Lions minus three, not minus three and a half. So my four teams, my core four teams were the Bengals, the Cardinals, the 49ers, and the Bucks. And then I pivoted between the football team and the Lions because each contest had a different number by a half a point. The listeners know you're a pretty smart guy now. <laughs> if they didn't know it before, you know, that, that made a lot of sense to me. So hopefully I scoop all of them and make some moves because Circa pays out a quarterly cash prize of like 100K. So I went 4-1 last week. It's the first week of the quarterly. So if I can hit a 5-0 and this week, that would be pretty uh, exciting. You'll have a lot of friends you didn't know you had. Yeah, absolutely, right? Yeah, that's cool. Was there one more game you want to talk about? Yeah, let's talk about a uh, one that has a pretty good system here. It, it is the uh, Redskin. I'm sorry, the Washington football team. I slipped. My bad. No, I do that all the time. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I was watching games. You can tell I'm a little bit older than Ira. Uh, a long time ago, and it was that rivalry that you know it's just ingrained in you. And it requires a little bit of time before I stop slipping. So we have a system that back. We have a system that backs my. We have a system that backs my football team this week. Oh uh, yeah! Nice. Let's hear it. And it's a it's a good one. It's an eighty percenter. Last ten years, uh, thirty six and eight and one push. Uh, it's one and zero this year. Uh, you're going to play on all teams where the line is plus three and a half to minus three and a half. So three and a half points on either side of pick. After a team has three or more consecutive losses against the spread, facing an opponent that has two or more consecutive wins against the spread. I mean, it, it sounds ridiculously easy, doesn't it? Sure does. You know, like an 80% system, a lot of times I've found with people who are just learning this kind of stuff, that it has to be really complicated. You know, you have to do turnover margin, yards per point, you know, all kinds of uh, deeper metrics that I do use on some of my powerful systems that are, you know, hitting 80% as well. But, you know, for uh, listeners, especially the ones that are just getting into the, the betting field and uh, trying to make sense of it, these are, these are the easiest ones to track and follow. You don't even need a computer for, for this. You just need the, a website that has against the spread results and straight up results, and you just look at the, what the line is, and, wow, that one pit, that one qualifies. So that's what I try to uh, you know, start out with some of these more simple ones to uh, track. And uh, again, this is three and a half points on either side of pick, three consecutive losses to the spread 
and uh, facing an opponent uh, that has two or more consecutive wins against the spread. And what I like about this system is that the Giants stink. They've covered the spread in two games. That alone is not a good situation for a bad team. Um, Washington, not exactly your Super Bowl contender, but I think they are a better team on paper than the Giants. And they're coming off three consecutive losses. You know, it, you revert back to the mean. It's, that's something that always starts um, – it's going to be very popular in my conversations with you, Ira. You know, after week eight, it's always revert back to the mean. And teams start going on runs, and uh, the performance measures are, are getting to levels that just aren't sustainable. And then they have that, that clunker game. And this Washington football team – yeah, and this football team's got this Washington football team's got a very uh very solid defense. And I think it's gonna give wreak havoc on Daniel Jones this weekend. I think Washington wins this game outright as a three point dog. Uh I think that this defense is gonna give him a lot of problems. And I don't think that the Giants are good enough on defense to stop whoever's playing quarterback. It could be Dwayne Haskins, it doesn't matter. It could be me playing quarterback. Just don't see it on the defensive side of the ball for the Giants either. I think the Giants lose this one, and I think the Washington Redskins get the outright victory. Yeah, it's almost a game like the uh, Falcons and the Vikings. You know, the Falcons are winless. The Giants are winless. But on a neutral field, I would have the Falcons favored by 7.5 over the Giants. It, it, it's just two vastly different uh, teams and, and cultures, really. Uh, Washington is 1-4. Uh, but they're only one game behind first place uh, Dallas, who lost their quarterback, as we know. I mean, the NFC East is just uh, – It's a clown I show, and it's wide open. Play. It's a clown show, and it's wide open. But uh, let me ask you an interesting question. Who would you make – what would you make the point spread on a neutral between the Houston Texans and the Atlanta Falcons? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I have my wow. number. I have my number on a neutral. Houston minus two and a half? Say that again? Houston minus two and a half? <laughs> right exactly where I had my number. <laughs> yeah, right. Literally, wow. two and a half is what I had in my head. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I'm glad I'm thinking on the same page. Right back at you. Anything else before we uh, go for the weekend? No, that's pretty much it. Um, you know, I have that 10-star release on Georgia. I just, you know, want to make it clear that these things lose 30% of the time instead of emphasizing that they win 70% of the time. And I, I don't know if this is going to be a winner or not. But over the course of time, if you follow these plays in a disciplined manner, they, they've done very well over that stretch of time. So just right, be got careful with it. Yeah, guys, if you're not following John on Twitter, you're doing a disservice to yourself. First of all, he's got fantastic uh, information that he posts regarding trends and teams and things like that. It's just fantastic. Also, you know, he's got the subscription. He's doing a great job there. Um, at John Ryan Sports One, as always, I'm at Ira Silver Magic. This is a hoopball presentation. We're at Hoopball Gaming on Twitter as well. Come follow, join the conversation, banter. All my plays are released for free. On the Twitter machine, as always, uh, at Iris Silver Magic. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a good weekend. Let's go win some money and let's go, Georgia Bulldogs. See you later, John. Have a good weekend. Keep that. See you, Iris.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.